on the, the, the trip to South Africa we were on a few weeks ago, uh, the Lord really began to move on my life about these two Sundays, last Sunday and this Sunday, as we came together and prayed for God to break bondages in our life that have been in our life for many years. And then he began to speak to me about this Sunday and his desire for you to have peace. No matter what you're facing, for you to have peace. And so I want us to read the word carefully today and hear the word carefully today. And I want us to to hear how God would bring his peace into your life no matter what you're facing. In Philippians chapter 4, it says this, verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Some of the time? Always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if, if, there, if, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. When you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Father, you know the things of this world that crash in upon our lives. We could go around this room today, Father, and hear many, many stories and concerns that people have that would range from, uh, Father, personal finance to relationship with others to decisions people are making to health issues. Many, many issues would come to the surface of things that we naturally worry about and crash in upon our lives that we have concerns about. And yet, Father, your word tells us that your peace can guard our hearts and our minds. I pray that today, Father, you would help us to learn this lesson and how this happens in our life today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Over the years of my life, I've heard a lot of teaching, read a lot of books, that give us formulas. If you do this, God's going to do this. It may be talking about wealth. It may be talking about health. It may be talking about relationships. And they usually take some passage of the Bible and lay out a plan. If, if you do these things, you will have, you know, whatever thing is being promised. And it, it's, it, it gets us excited because, you know, it's, it's kind of like this. Here's the the three easy steps to getting wealthy or the, the three easy steps to uh, having a great relationships. Quick and easy. Just do this and God has to do that. And I will tell you that, frankly, I'm skeptical about most of them. Uh, why? Because life is more complicated than what a lot of messages present it to be at times. The subject is more complicated uh, than what we see many, many times. I mean, think about it 
in a natural sense. Uh, you, you hear advertising that says, you know, if you eat this, if you drink this concoction, you will therefore be healthy. And any of us have been around any length of time know that there's more to it than that. It's like saying, okay, if you put this kind of gasoline in your, in your tank, your car's going to run better, be better, and be, it's going to just last forever. And we all know that where that gas may help a little bit, it's more complicated than that. There's other, there's other things that come in, into place. Uh, my favorite is this. Get this piece of the exercise equipment for $19.95 a month for the next five months. Do it for 15 minutes, and you're going to look like our trained athletes that we've hired to be on our commercial. It's easy, it's simple, it's quick. And so I, I find myself, even when I look at, you know, a book on, you know, how to find something that we all want that promises to show us uh, a biblical passage that gives us the secret to it, to go, wait a second. We need to have the fullness of the Word of God in this issue. We need to know all of what the Word of God says about this issue. Or we're going to be just kind of doing one thing when we should be doing uh, many, many things. However, I would tell you that occasionally an issue is so important that God gives us a clear formula. That every once in a while, he comes out and kind of sums it up for us. And if we capture it, 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 it can transform our life. See, here, here are two truths I want you to know today as we go into this. God wants you, as a believer, he wants your life to shine like the stars. What does that mean? He wants your life to be so filled with his wisdom, his glory, and his purpose that other people see the difference between us and them. He wants us to shine like stars in the night so that other people will be drawn to him. You realize that was one of God's main goals in establishing Israel? Now, his main goal was to bring Christ to the whole world through Israel. But he also wanted to bless them. He also wanted to show them as a shining light to all the world so that the rest of the world would be drawn to godliness. And today, he wants our light to shine our lives to shine so that others are drawn to what God is doing in our lives. So that's the first thing I want you to capture in all this is God wants our lives, lights to shine on this earth. Here's the second thing. On this earth, we will face trouble. Now, refer back to the first point. God wants our lives to shine like lights in the darkness. But on this earth, from time to time, we're going to face troubles. Show me anybody in the Bible. Come up to me afterwards today. Show me anybody in the Bible that didn't have trouble from time to time. Show me anybody in the Bible that at some time didn't have to stand in faith, 
didn't have to trust God against overwhelming circumstances, didn't need God to intervene in overwhelming ways. Show me anybody in the Bible that didn't go through some tough times that God had to intervene for them in the Bible. You're not going to find it. So the question is, how are we to live in the face of our troubles? We go through this room today, and I would bet there are many of you I don't think it takes a great deal of faith for me to say there's many of you facing troubles today. Things that have your mind working in overtime. Things that wake you up in the middle of the night. Things that stir your heart and trouble your spirit. How are we called to face those troubles? We are called to face them with peace. Now I know that up here. Do you know that up there? You know what I find to be difficult is getting it from here to here to actually living with that peace, to actually getting my mind to calm down and not to be worried and to put full trust in God in the middle of the trouble. Now, this passage we have today, though, is a clear direction to us, and I want to read it again because I... It, the answer is all wrapped up in this passage. Listen to what Paul says to the Philippians. Rejoice in the Lord always. Are you in trouble today? Are you have something you're worried about today? Is there something you're not sure of the outcome today? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone the Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, Think about these things, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Now, let me break this down a little bit for us. The first thing he says to us here is rejoice in the Lord always. How good are you at that? How good are you at just having this mindset? This, this is supposed to be the fundamental mindset of all believers. We're not supposed to be people of anger or frustration. We're not supposed to be known for our bitterness. We're not supposed to, we're supposed to be known as people who have our full trust in God and have our eyes on Him, and we rejoice in Him. We rejoice in who is why? Because he is Lord of all. He's Lord of all. Everything answers to him. When he says something, it will take place. Everything is submitted to his power. There's nothing you'll ever face on this earth. There's nothing you'll ever go through in this life that is greater than Jesus is. Jesus is Lord of all, and we are called to be a people who have this fundamental mindset that whatever we face, 
we don't face it with worry or fear because we know Jesus is Lord of all. Are you getting this? I've got to change my way of seeing my problems. I've got to change my way of seeing life. I've got to change my way of, of seeing the concerns of my life. And I've got to become this person who rejoices. So instead of looking at my children and going, oh, I wonder if they're going to live for God. I wonder if they're going to make good choices. I wonder if they're going to make bad choices. I wonder what's going to happen to them. Oh, they're making good choices now. They're making bad choices now. And having all this stuff going, no, I'm going to rejoice that he's Lord of all, that Jesus is Lord of all, that he has a plan for their life, that he can move in their life. And I'm going to trust him and put my faith in him to move in their life. And so instead of being filled with worry, I'm going to think about those things that are great. What if they become the great man of God they're supposed to be? What if they become the great woman of God they're supposed to be? What if they, what if they find the perfect will of God in their life? I'm going to rejoice that he's going to try to reveal those things to them. It's a mindset change. When my eyes are on my problems, my problems seem massive. When my eyes are on Jesus the Lord, all of my problems begin to shrink and their intimidation factor. So there comes this point that no matter what I'm facing, what we're facing, Paul is saying to us, rejoice in the Lord. Now, I'm not rejoicing in the circumstances. I'm rejoicing in the deliverer. I'm rejoicing in the one who is the answer. I'm rejoicing that I know the one who's the answer. I'm rejoicing in the one who's bigger than all of those things. We're not alone in this. We're not facing this in our power. The promises of Jesus are true. Jesus has not forgotten you, and he's not forgotten me. He knows exactly what's going on. He's not surprised by anything. He's not going to you know, go to sleep tonight and wake up in the morning and go, what is going on? He knows. He's aware. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's in, he knows everything that's happening. This is where, hear me, this is where the glory of God shows to others. Now, now hear me. Rejoicing, this rejoicing, excuse me, this rejoicing, it's not an act. It's not an act. It, it's not that you get up in the morning and go, okay, I'm a Christian now, and I've got all these things weighing me down. And it's, my heart's so crushed, but I'm going to rejoice in the Lord, and, and I'm going to put a smile on, and I'm going to go out in front of everybody and rejoice in the Lord and put on an act while my spirit's being crushed. No, it's not an act. It's not, it's not a mask that we put on. Rejoicing is a state of understanding. I rejoice through a state of understanding. I rejoice through the understanding that whatever I'm facing today, again, God is greater. That whatever I'm going through today, God is going to be with me. That whatever I'm going through today, God has the answer for me. That whatever I'm facing today, he's Lord of that thing. He's over that thing. And I'm going to rejoice in that truth, in that knowledge of who he is, dismissing the worry and receiving in faith that God is going to be with me in my life so that my life is not a mask, a false, a hypocrisy of a person who's filled on the inside with inner turmoil, but on the outside is put on a smiling face 
That's not what God, God's looking for. He's looking for people who put their faith in him, who trust him, who choose God. I don't understand what I'm going through right now. I don't understand where the answer's coming from right now. I don't understand how you're going to fix this right now. But you know what? I know you love me. I know you care for me. And I know you're greater than all these things. And so we are rejoicing in the Lord of all. And I've got to pray that into my life. I've got to invite that into my life. I've got to put that into my mindset set of life that I'm going through this. So here's the question. How are you going through life? You going through life wringing your hands? You going through life overwhelmed by your circumstances? Your mind filled with concerns and doubts? One in the morning, Two in the morning, your eyes pop open. You can't go back to sleep because it's just working over and over again. You don't know what's going to happen next. You don't have any peace. The beginning of this thing is to understand who God is. The beginning of peace is to understand who the Lord is. The beginning of peace is to understand who we are in the Lord. And to begin to rejoice, this thing doesn't look good, but boy, is this going to be a miracle of God when this gets straightened out. I can trust him today. Before the seas part, before the giant falls, before the eyes are opened, I can trust him today. And I, we learn to work. So the first step is to reorder your mind, to remember that Jesus is Lord of all. Even what you face today, he's Lord of all. Rejoice that you're not alone. Rejoice that he, he is there. Rejoice in him. Now, we come to the second part, and it says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Now, I, I want to make sure you understand. We're reading this out of the, you know, the English Standard Version. Uh, we need to understand translations, and, I, and I'm sure most of you do. Translations of the Bible, we have King James, we have the New International Version, we have the English Standard Version, we have the Amplified Version. And we go, we got, if you've got a, a phone, you probably have 30 or 40 versions, if you've got version on there, of different types of translations of the Bible. Uh, translations are, are happen because groups of language experts and theologians have gotten together and they take the documents from the original language that they were written in, and they translate them into people's languages so that we can read and understand the Bible in our language. We don't have to learn Hebrew and Greek. We can, thank God, read it in the English. Amen? And, and, and it's important to understand this process that word-to-word -word translations can be very difficult because in many cases, there's not a word-to-word a -word exchange of equal weight and equal meaning in different cultures. There's some words that, you know, we have one word for that other cultures may have five or six words for. Or, or words that we have five or six words, and they may have one word for. So they, they debate these meanings, and they debate what they were saying, and they come to the closest possible revelation of what, what, what the, 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 the original language was supposed to be, and they present that through their expertise to us so that we can get a great understanding of the Word of God. This passage is of interest in this regard. If you look, if you open up, if you have a U version on your Bible, and you begin to go through the different versions, most of the translations that you will find 
uh, will not use the word reasonableness. In fact, I, I glanced through probably 10 or 15 of them this week just kind of looking, and I didn't find any of them that used reasonableness. All of them, most of them use gentleness. Why? Well, I, I would say most likely it has to do with culture shift. If in, if in the past, in the day the King James Version was written, if you were to go before a judge or a king, you may have a request or a ruler of a community, you may have a request, you would definitely put it in the form of res- being respectful, of trying to gain their understanding for your circumstances, and you would understand that to be harsh and demanding could be deadly. It, it could, it could, if they just didn't like your attitude, they, they could respond to that. So, the presentation needs to be what? Gentle. You know, gentle. To the boss, it needs to be, there needs to be some gentleness in it. There needs to be some, hey, will you understand what's going on here? Gentleness in our day, though, almost feels like we're giving in and not expressing our wants. So we've almost kind of just surrendered to it. And we've given up. And so it's not strong enough. I mean, I mean think about it in, in this sense. Uh, you're, you're at a restaurant and somebody's there. They didn't get the meal that they want. And they cast off all gentleness and they cast off all reasonableness. They get angry. They get mad. They're demanding to see the manager. Maybe they're, you know, I want to see the manager now. This isn't what I ordered. This isn't the way I ordered. You guys mess this up. Well, the Scripture's telling us in dealing with those, in dealing with our family, in dealing with our our hurts, our wants, our needs, our worries, there needs to be this reasonableness and this gentleness that comes into play, whether it's with my boss or with my manager or or any other place in life. You know, it's this, this understanding that we come into this thing with a right spirit. Reasonableness and gentleness help us understand the mindset we're to carry into our issues. So you're worried about something. You're worried about your child. You're worried about the circumstance. You've gotta, there's got to be some level of not being over-the-top anxious, not being over-the-top worried but a reasonableness in our approach and a gentleness in our approach. Because if we let our emotions take over and take control, we're going we're gonna to lose peace. We're going to lose peace. And so this is, a, this is a call to wisdom. It's a call to a right attitude towards others. It's a call to a right response to see the other person's point of view, to understand the other people's issues, to see all the issues that are at hand, not make a bigger deal out of something than what it is, to weigh everything out and to be reasonable and to be gentle in our response. Let me read from the Amplified Version. The Amplified Version is this version where they kind of they kind of give you what they believe it says and then they fill it out with all the other words that it could mean. And so if you read the Amplified Version It'll come to a word like this, and it'll begin to really expound on the word. So let me, let me read this to you. 
let your gentle spirit, there's parts in parentheses up here, your graciousness, unselfishness, mercy, tolerance, and patience be known to all people. Do you see the fullness of that picture as it unfolds for us? We're going through a worry. We're going through a struggle. We're going through conflict. We're going through something that has us worried. And he says, let your your gentle spirit direct you. Be gracious. Don't be selfish. Be merciful. Be tolerant and patient. Let everybody know that's who you are. Let everybody know. Hey, when, when they think about you and they see you, this is the per- you're this person who's gracious. You're this person who's, who's merciful. You're this person who's, who's tolerant and patient with other people. This is who you are. This is the tone of voice. This is the spirit that comes out of us. This is the attitude that flows out of our life. We're not going to come in screaming and yelling, demanding, pushing, angry, frustrated. We're going to be gentle people. We're going to be a people who, when people think of us, they go, you know, we can deal with them. We can talk to them. We can be around them because they, they're, they're, the way they respond is in a reasonable way. And then he gives us a reason for that. The Lord is near. Hey, listen. The Lord's standing right next to you. He's right there. You're losing it, and he's just going, oh. You're being unkind to somebody. He's going, don't you know I love them too? You're, 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 you're pushing selfishly for something. He's looking at you going, is that the way I acted? Did I come into this earth with selfishness? Haven't I been trying to show you a better way? Now, this doesn't mean we give in to everything. The gentleness doesn't mean you give in. I can... You can look at a waitress and go, hey, you know, I, I ordered this steak to be well done, and it's, you know, if a good vet got it, he could save it. I don't think it's cooked well enough for me. <laughs> can you please take this back and have a, you, you can say that without being nasty, can't you? You can have the discussion. Now, here's, here's where it's really hard. The hard point is when you get in a room and somebody else isn't being gentle, when somebody else is being selfish, when somebody else is not being tolerant or patient, and it feels like in the natural self the only way to counterbalance that is to be equally the opposite side of that in being impatient and intolerant and unmerciful and to, you know, get all the weapons out and armor up and go after it. And Jesus is saying, hey, you want to be worry-free? Just continue to be gentle. When everybody else is yelling, talk a little softer. When everybody else is worked up, don't you get worked up. Don't let your spirit go. Remember, I'm here. I'm near. I'm the Lord of all. Just bring it all into control. And let's deal with this in a right way. Are you getting this today? This is a good word? Do you see the points? Here it is. Peace does not come with a bad attitude. 
I mean, some of that, peace doesn't come with a bad attitude, with a controlling attitude, a demanding attitude, whatever. Peace doesn't come with that. Peace comes when we know the Lord is near and we choose to stay in the spirit of the Lord, gracious and kind and merciful. And, and then number three here, he, he says, don't be anxious about anything. I, I have found this directive to be far easier said than done. How about you? How do I just sit my worry down? How do I just say, okay, I'm not going to be anxious about this anymore. There. You know, this anxious thing, it's, it's like super glue, isn't it? It kind of jumps on us and holds, and we're trying to get it off, and it's ripping at our very skin while we're trying to get it off. How do I just sit my word? How do I leave it behind and go on? Well, he gives us the answer. The key to this is prayer. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Let me sum this, bring this down real quickly for us. Prayer. This is recognition of God and his lordship in our life. This is where the rejoicing comes in. I'm going to come into this room. I'm not going to start off with this. I'm going to come in praying, God, you are great. You are the holy God. I'm praying for your will to be done. I want your will to be done. I'm going to rejoice that you're greater than all these things. We're going to come in and we're going to pray and get our mind and our hearts in the right place and get everything in the right place. We're going to pray before we go anyplace else. And then he says, you bring your supplications. This is presenting your need to God. God, this is what's going on. This is what's happening in my life. This is why I'm worried. This is why I'm full of fear. But I'm bringing this to you. I'm putting this at your feet. I'm asking you to move in these circumstances. I'm trusting you for the outcome of these things. I need your spirit to grow inside of me. And then he says, we move to thanksgiving, which is an expression of uh, an understanding, that, expressing an understanding that God loves us, that God God's in God. I know you're great enough, big enough for this. I know you love me. I'm thankful that you're not unaware. I'm grateful that you're involved in my life. I'm grateful that you're, and God, I'm just going to stay here and rejoice in you and be thankful in you, knowing that you're in this until you show me the way through it. This is the pathway to God. Now, this is lost among many of us who have this quick and easy mindset. We want it fast and we want it now. I want to be able to say, God, I'm worried about this. That's yours. And, and by the time I'm off the platform, I want it to be off of me. Uh, the mindset here, though, is about dependency upon God. It's a recognition of our dependency and our need for him. And this doesn't happen all this. This isn't something where we check something off of our checklist. Okay, I, I, God, uh, you know, your will be done, God. Here's my five minutes of what's really tearing me up. And, oh, God, thank you for taking care of it. It's not a box I check off of the list. It is a process I work through. It is a place that I stay until it's done. Hear me. It is in the troubles of life that deep connection with God can develop. Don't say they will develop, but they can develop. Well, we learned, I had this little problem, and it worried me, and I, I depended upon God, and I leaned into him, and he gave me wisdom, he gave me insight, he brought other circumstances to bear, he brought answers I wasn't expecting. Wow. Now I got this problem. I had that problem. It's a little bit bigger. 
And I, and I did that again. I, I, I leaned into God. I listened to God. I, I asked him for wisdom. He gave me wisdom. I, I stayed reasonable. I didn't get too worked up. I trusted him. He brought circumstances in. He brought things into my life. He brought people with answers. And wow, I got through that. And it's not long. You're dealing with bigger and bigger things that are more life-transforming, not just to you, but to others. And you stand there in the middle of the storm and everybody else is freaking out and you're going, God's got this. I'm just going to rejoice in who he is. I'm just going to listen to him for wisdom. I'm going I'm to cry out to him for direction. I'm going to thank him that he loves me. Because what? You learn in the small things. And that's when your light can really begin to shine in the darkness. That's when people look at you and go, how can you have peace in the middle of all this? Well, because I know God. I know what he's done in all my life. I know how he's worked in my life. And I'm confident that he'll do that again. It's with that deep connection with God. A maturity of faith that comes only through the crucible of great concern and recognizing God's response. Faith that gets built in him. Not where we forge God into our will, but where God walks with us through the journey that is his will. And listen, friends, this takes time. This takes time. We talked last week about the little woman in the well. She had this great thing and she touched God in an instant she was transformed. Peace isn't like that. Peace takes time. I learn peace. I learn how to walk in him. I learn how to trust him with little things and bigger things and bigger things, and I grow until the point comes where now in the midst of any storm, you can walk in peace because you know God. It takes time. This means that, the touch of, that you may get a touch of peace today and find yourself anxious again tomorrow. The enemy may, the enemy may wake you up in the middle of the night tonight. You'll say, I thought I got that taken care of this morning at church. No, he's, the enemy's coming back. But the fruit of God's Spirit is peace. And so now I know what to do with it. You know what? Instead of walking the floor worried, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord a little bit tonight. As you start rejoicing in the Lord, the devil's going to let you go back to sleep. Sorry, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. I'm just going to say, God, you know... I, I don't know how many times I've walked the floor at night and, and God and, and said, God, what's the answer? What's the answer? And God said to me, I gave you the answer three weeks ago. Will you just shut up? <laughs> I've already given you. And so many times it just reminds me of the answer. It's coming. Well, God, when is it going to come? I'm not telling you. It comes on my time, not your time. Now, trust me, the answer is coming. The answer is it's coming. And when you've been down that road a few times, it's not long till you hear that and you go, all right, I can sit back and rest in that because it's coming. And so we have to go back to that well of prayer because we are not to be anxious about anything. And he prom- his promise is this, that when we do this, that God guards our hearts and minds. Now, this doesn't make sense to those who don't know God. 
to those who've never had a personal experience with God and His Spirit move in their life, to say that God guards our hearts with His peace, that they don't comprehend what that means. They have troubles, we have troubles, but the response and weight becomes worlds apart because they are worlds apart. When we do this, we suddenly begin to sense this pushback of the Spirit of God in our life that says it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. I'm with you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to help you through this. I'm going to guide you through this. And all of a sudden, instead of worry, it's being replaced by the presence of God inside of us because he's guarding our hearts and guarding our minds. So the enemy starts telling his lies and God's promises start flooding in to our minds. The enemy starts pressing in on our spirit and God's spirit starts pressing back because we have walked through this process of knowing that he is Lord of all, he is king of all kings, he loves us and cares for us, and he's going to walk us through and give us victory. When you do this, he guards, our, guards your heart and he guards your mind. Maybe I'm the only one like this. I don't think I am. But there are times I, I, get, a, uh, some, I get a message or I get something. And, you know, troubles can be debilitating. And, and you're just like, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? How am I going to respond? What's going to happen? And, and I've learned in my life that when I get to that moment, uh, all, all I, all I want to do is get away and get along with God. I want, to get, I want to go rejoice in him. I want to go spend time with him, and I'm going to stay there. Listen, I, I, I determine, I'm going to stay there until I feel the peace of God move in my life. It's going to stay there. I'm going to shut everything else out. I'm going to stay there until the peace of God moves in my life because I feel like, I sense in my spirit that He's going to let me keep that burden until I've prayed through it and we've won the spiritual victory in it. And that's why at times it comes back and you've got to go pray again. But, but listen, listen finally to this, this last word where he, says, where he speaks to them. Because this is so key in our, because so much of this is our mindset. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. See, because when I'm thinking about the other stuff, I can't have peace. At some point in time, I've got to pray through that, and I've got to begin to think about what's true. He's Lord. He loves me. He cares about us. He cares about these circumstances. He cares about the other people in these circumstances. He's concerned about all of these things. He, he's, got it all, he's got all this move in his direction. I want, to think, I want to think about what's lovely, what's commendable, what's excellent, what's worthy of praise. I want to think about those. I want, I want my mind to get transformed out of the worry and into his promises. Amen? Lord, today, as we just stand around this altar, Father of many words, Father, it can be from health issues to financial issues. You know the worries, family issues, people who are far from you. Father, relationship breakdowns that we just don't know what to do next. Things that work, but we need your direction. I am so grateful. You're Lord of all. I am so grateful today, Lord, that you are King of kings. 
I am so grateful today, Father, that you have your hand upon us and you will give us strength in all circumstances. And I just pray that, Father, you would guard the hearts of every one of us around this altar today. That our hearts and our minds, that, Father, we would think about your goodness and we'd have this mindset that, Father, when others see us, even in the middle of troubles, they would see a peace that passes all understanding. That comes only from you, Lord, we pray. Help us to learn this passage and to walk in it. In Jesus' mighty matchless name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.